What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast, and welcome home to the presumptive season-ending award show, where Noah and I are going to tell you who's winning the awards this year, and we're also going to compare them to who we said was going to win the awards at the beginning of the year. Noah, it's nice to have you on. We're, we're very excited for you to be here. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here. I'm excited, Colin, that we actually get to look back at our uh, picks at the beginning of the season. That's pretty exciting. We get to hold ourselves accountable. No, no how crazy is that? We're, we're five months into this bad boy. Think about that. Five months of podcasting. How's wow. it feel? Do you, do you, have you changed physically since we became podcasters? You know, I listened to that. I listened to our season preview episode, episode today, Colin, to get uh, mm-hmm. ready. And it's kind of crazy how far we've came in terms of our podcast game. Uh, I think we've gotten a lot yeah. better. I think we're funnier. I think we're more approachable. But you know what stayed the same, Colin? Our killer basketball analysis. Our when I was job. listening to that episode, God, I, I was it. loving our takes. We've got good takes, you know? They don't have to pan out. They just have to be good takes, you know? You know, like, what, what do you think Skip Bayless has a job? You know, he just he says things. He's an entertainer. No, actually, we're way better than Skip Bayless. We're way oh, better yeah. than Skip Bayless. Times. Donna, that was a stupid. That was my worst take. My we worst should get take our own show. Was saying, we should. We Wouldn't should that be amazing if we just had a show like Skip and Shannon? I do you think we could get animated enough? Because like, I've never yelled at you before. I don't think, but like, I would have to like start just like yelling at you about. We just get like wildly what... drunk, before. Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, you didn't say that at first. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you don't even need to pay me. You know, just just cover cover <laughs> my supply the alcohol. Yeah, supply the alcohol. You know, that I would do that. I would do that. Uh, already no one. So let's let's do it like this. You know, we made some predictions at the beginning of the year who would win these awards. You and I, and you know, we, we kind of for each of these awards threw out some names, and then we both definitively said this is who we think it will be. Now, a lot of these awards are are not done yet. None of them are actually awarded yet, but I think most of them we have a pretty clear-cut idea of who is going to be winning them. So... These are not really going to be predictions as much so they will be um, just looking back on the last five months of basketball and proclaiming who very much deserves this award. So, Noah, with that said, should we just should we jump right into the MVP, the most coveted award for individual accolades so far this season? Yeah, uh, you know. On our list we had, Colin, we had Giannis. Um, our reasons for Giannis, uh, our reasons against him were that it would be pretty hard to three-peat. Um, the last yes. person to do it was Larry Bird. And that the Bucks' previous great. season's performances kind of played against him. Um, I think for Giannis to win this year, he really had to go insane and probably still be the number one seed in the East. And Giannis mm-hmm. didn't really get that much buzz this year, Colin. It kind of felt like people are a little, are a little tired of the same old, same old. You, you know, know what? Which is still yeah, incredible. There was, I will say there was that point like about like three weeks a month ago where everybody was like, hey, Giannis is having a really good season. 
you know, are people just tired of him because he won two MVPs in a row, which is something that we had talked about months and months prior. And so then there was a little bit of buzz like, hey, you know what, maybe it is Giannis and we're just all assholes for for thinking that he can't do it because it's his third season in Rome. And then people realized, oh, wait, no, Nikola Jokic actually is the MVP um, because he's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was a pretty competitive year. It kind of felt like it, Colin, but it was sneakily just Jokic's the entire year. But it felt closer than yeah. that. It felt like a lot of guys had chances to... Um, take over at some point like it was a nice little three-way race for a second there between mb lebron and Jokic. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean seriously like if if we didn't have injuries this season i i think it could have been a very different story and much closer i mean three of the guys on our mvp list set out significant time this year mm-hmm so with that said the next guy on our list and you and i were both pretty darn high on him was Anthony Davis, and the, really the only thing we had holding him back in our minds was the idea of can the MVP be playing on the same team as LeBron? Can you actually be better than LeBron and more valuable than him? And it turns out, if you sit out most of the season, no, you can't. So, yeah. there's that. That one really flamed out. Um, I think even if he played the entire season, Colin, I think him... Um... Him being MVP was still a little far fetched. I've kind of I've thought on the idea of when we asked if someone could win the same, could win MVP being on the same team as LeBron, and I don't think and that you think can the really ever just happen. Definitively, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. As long as LeBron continues to do LeBron things, no, I I just don't see how you can award somebody the most valuable player. It just doesn't make sense. Even if for somebody as good as Anthony Davis is, I mean, Anthony Davis could very well go to a different team and possibly compete for this award more competitively. But uh, it's just not the case right now. Obviously, LeBron was a part of the MVP race for a long time there, up until his injury. Now, instead of going back, obviously we know why you and I might uh, believe that LeBron could win an MVP award. Do you think he? Do you think he could have locked it down if he doesn't get injured? I I think he. I think the storyline was there, Colin. Um, I think he was performing extremely well. Um, and then he had that period where AD goes down, and it's oh, if LeBron keeps the Lakers afloat, still finishes with a top seed in the West, this is mm-hmm. looking like a this is looking like a year he could win the MVP. It really did. I think the yeah. narrative was totally there, along with the stats. Yeah, I agree, and I remember like pretty early on, um, that narrative was there, and people were very much all in on it, because uh, the other narrative going for LeBron, uh, the opposite of Giannis, is that he hasn't won in quite some time now. It's been a while since LeBron has held that coveted trophy, and... There are some people out there, Noah, who feel as though he probably deserves more MVPs than he actually has, and we we can go back and forth about that. Um, it's just, it, it's tough, you know, I usually say that the guy who wins it is the guy that deserves it, 
plain and simple. Um, but definitely you look at his, his stat lines and there are some question marks as to uh, how he didn't win more. But I, I just I don't know. I don't know. Jokic playing as good as he did, I, it's tough for me to envision LeBron putting up the kind of numbers that Jokic did. And for the Nuggets to still be a top four seed in the East, or West, that's quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's why he's the MVP. Um, you know, he played well, Con, during the beginning of the season when Jamal Murray wasn't playing very well. He kind of... He carried them to wins. Mm-hmm. He was playing well when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were both cooking, and now he's playing well when Jamal Murray's mm-hmm. out for the rest of the year. It's just like he shows up every night, and he's been the most consistent they player this very season. very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I remember you asked the question um, probably a, about a month, month and a half ago now, and you questioned me, Can does Jokic need his role players to start playing better for him to win this award and turns out Jokic can just start playing better himself without his role players <laughs> or <Yeah>. other star <laughs> that's scary yeah really he just kind of fooled you there dude he was like oh, I'm gonna make Noah look like a real big <laughs> asshole <laughs> should we talk about the guy that uh we both officially picked in our preseason prediction yeah I've been skirting around it but we should get to it uh Colin and I, we both picked Kevin Durant as our MVP this season. And it's a pick I'm not mad about, Colin. I think that's a spicy, like, I think that's a good pick by the both of us. And, you know, we had reasons behind it. Um, KD kind of felt like a really good dark horse candidate. Um, I thought he had the right conditions to win it. He has the storyline. He was going to put up the statistical numbers. Um, Him not playing the year before, I think, played into his favor. He got to play against East bad East teams all year. But our last little requirement, Con, was that he has to play enough games. And that just simply didn't happen this year. Mm, no, no. And we'll see if it even matters for him because I still think that the Nets, despite having played only seven games with their quote-unquote big three, uh, are still just going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. It seems as though everybody's healthy, and I don't think KD is looking for MVPs necessarily at this point in his career. It's funny to just stay healthy. It's funny, Colin, because you look at his numbers this year. Average 28.3 points, 7.9 rebounds, 5.2 assists on 54-47-87 shooting splits. Like, still an insane season. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's the highest uh, effective field goal percentage he's ever had in his career. That's Granted, insane. he played 29 games, but... Yeah, he's aging like a fine wine. Uh, I love watching KD yeah. play. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's only 32, and in, is it weird to say only? Maybe. But in watching what LeBron's doing, and obviously he's dealt with two serious injuries right now, KD does... I see no reason as to why his game, especially with how effective he is with the long ball, can't adapt. Yeah. Um, You know, even when he loses some of his athleticism or his ball handling, what, he just becomes the most lethal off-ball player in the league? Yeah. Yeah, he just becomes Clay Thompson, but five inches taller. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fine, dude, I'll take it. 
whatever. You know, I liked that pick a lot, Colin. That was a that was a good take. Yeah, the other thing going against him and us is that with James Harden, there's just no way any of the three of them were going to win it. Yeah. Maybe Harden with the way he was playing there for a minute without KD and Kyrie and just kind of keeping the Nets afloat. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, congrats to Jokic. Uh, the man averaged 26.4 points this year, 10.9 rebounds, 8.5 assists on 56-40-85 shooting splits. And he's going to become the second second round pick to ever win the MVP, Colin. Do you think you know the first this, guy? The second second round pick? Second ever MVP? second round pick to win the MVP. Mm. Let me rack my brain. I don't know. This is a, a new one. Hmm. Is there like an all-time great second round pick that I'm... I'm missing in my head. I I didn't really know the guy. So. Hmm. I'm just going to throw it out now. Uh, I'll go Wes Unsled. <laughs> I, I like the guess, but it was Mr. Willis Reed. Ah. Come okay. on, how'd you not get how'd you forget about Willis? I don't know. I don't know. West did West never won an MVP. I like that, that guess though. That's a good name. <laughs> it it seems whack enough to, to fit both <laughs> categories. RIP too, he passed away this last year. RIP. He's uh, probably the greatest uh well Washington bullet which is now the Wizards player ever. Shout out Wes Unseld. His rookie year, he averaged 14 points and 18 rebounds. Damn. That's pretty good. Kind of a beast. That's that's all right. That is all right. He career averaged 14 boards. That's impressive. And he played to okay. the 80s. Okay. You know, that's not Let's like Wilt Chamberlain era, you know. Like, uh... man, Wilt was just good at basketball. Look at those stats. Alrighty, um, let's move on from MVP. Again, shout out Jokic. All right, where we're gonna go next? We're gonna go most improved player, which I I do think is truly the hardest of any of these awards to predict, uh, just because. The criteria could vary so widely. I mean, you could call Jokic the most improved player, and I would struggle to find an argument there. Um, But with that said, I'm just going to read some guys that we said could be most improved player, and uh, we'll go from there. Maybe we we, we analyze ourselves and know to start off. We said that Zion Williamson could be the most improved player. Pretty good guess. Pretty good yeah. guess. That was the that was the you safety know. net pick. That's a, don't overthink this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like very easily Zion could have won this award, and if we hadn't put his name, we would be sitting here like, oh, aren't we a bunch of goddamn morons? Yeah. In uh, in our uh, season preview episode, I said six. I said most improved player of the year usually goes to an already semi-established player who levels up due to. 
skill improvement and an increased responsibility. And I think that leaves a pretty wide net of guys in the league, Con, um, mm-hmm. which makes it pretty fun. It's um, all the guys we had written down had pretty good seasons. Like, they definitely improved. Um, so it's honestly oh, yeah, fun absolutely. to see how the award shapes out over the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the next guy we have, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is currently playing the best basketball of his life. I mean, especially with Jamal out, Michael has been forced to step up. He has. The Nuggets have been killing it since Jamal went out. After sitting out most of last season, too, he's putting up about 19 points a game. And check this, Noah. In his last 10 games, what do you think he's averaging? 27. Oh, you're close. 25. Yes, sir. 25 Ooh. in his last 10. That is I, not bad. I just get baby KD vibes from him. He's so smooth and so good at getting his own shot. Yeah. If he can yeah, ever, like, I remember. if he can ever put it all together. He's going to be so scary because he's pretty good now and he, like, isn't that great at defense. Yeah. I still remember when the Bulls took Wendell Carter over him. Oh. To be fair, I don't know if we could have developed him because that obviously took a long time, but, man, uh, it would be nice. It would be nice. Oh, and the other thing about Porter Jr., his effective field goal percentage this year is 64.5%. Wow. That is ridiculous. I don't know. I I hear an argument for most improved there. All right, another guy that we said in, again, a guy that I think if we didn't put, I think we'd be fooling ourselves, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know, it doesn't quite fit your entire spectrum of what most improved player has to be. Um because, well, no, it, it kind of does. It kind of does. He did have increased responsibility. Um, I don't know how much his skill set actually stepped up because we already knew how skilled he was. Um, and, you know, very easily could have won this award. Just I don't think he was on a competitive enough team. And the Thunder really just had too much turnover this year, and he suffered some injuries. But in the games that he did play, he put up 24 points. Five boards, six assists. Those are all-star numbers in my mind. Yeah, those are really good numbers. Uh, you know, we we actually called the... Um, we said that DeAndre Aiden could win this award, Con, due to the Chris Paul effect. And he actually had lower numbers this year in both points and rebounds. But he shot, yeah. he shot 8% higher in field goal percentage this year. And the Suns are tied for the first seed in the West. So while DeAndre Ayton necessarily didn't statistically benefit from Chris Paul, the Suns organization as a whole definitely felt the Chris Paul effect. And DeAndre Ayton's playing winning basketball now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what we, we can say is that he took about five shots less this year than he did last year, and his scoring only dropped four points. Yeah, that's really good. That's pretty darn good. The rebounds, I don't quite have an answer for you there. Um, That's probably Chris Paul grabbing but, some, honestly. Yeah, true, 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 true. 
Yeah, I mean, the Chris Paul effect is, is very much there. Um, maybe we should have predicted that Devin Booker would receive the uh, mass statistical uh, yeah. advantage of having Chris Paul. Because <laughs> uh, Devin Booker really, uh, he figured that one out. My, um, the next guy on the list, Colin, who was my official pick to win Most Improved Player of the Year, um, a player that I'm a pretty big fan of, and I think you as well are a pretty big fan of. That was Mr. Christian Wood, who signed with the Rockets in the offseason. And, you know, Colin, this could have been his award if he played enough games. He only played 41 games this season, but in those 41 games, he averaged 21 points and and 9.5 rebounds a game. Uh, That's pretty good. He's so fun to watch. Uh, We really didn't get to see enough Christian Wood this season. No, and then the other issue is by the time he got back, the Rockets... Yeah, the Rockets had imploded. I mean, yeah. I mean, other than Kelly Olenek briefly looking like he is an all-star talent, um, Christian Wood is the only good thing to have happened to the Rockets this year. Seriously, the only thing. And hats off to this guy, undrafted, has worked his way through the G League, and is now a certified NBA stud. Now I, I just want him. I think. Now I just want him off the Rockets as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, I think that that makes quite a bit of sense, but that might not happen anytime soon because Christian Wood. Well, unless they really want to sell him. I mean, you could sell Christian Wood for a quite a quite the return, knowing that you've got another two years of Christian Wood. An all-star caliber talent for a total of twenty-seven million dollars. I think there's a lot of teams Ooh. that would be very, very interested in that if the uh, Rockets feel as though it's it's time to rebuild. That's tasty. Honestly, dude, if I'm the Rockets, I know this is sidebar. I'm definitely dealing Christian Wood because there's no way I'm good in the next two years. Yeah, he's not a part of their far future. Um, at least like two to three drafts from now when they actually have all high draft picks. Yeah. And why not cash on in on him? You'll definitely get a first or a good young player. I there's no way you know, I would deal a first and a young player for him. You know? I'd be all over that. Kobe White he in the is, first? Easy. Well, sadly we don't have very many firsts right now and I, I would I would like to see, you know, no, I would deal Kobe White in, in our last <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, you totally would. Just kill our draft <laughs> capital, but yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That would actually, ugh, that would be quite nice. I, I'd, I'd look into that. I should become the GM of the Bulls. I could win you guys a ship in five years. Alrighty. Um, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. I'm going to conduct a thorough interview of you, and then I'm not going to ask anybody for any background checks, players you've worked with, and I'm just going to see how that works out then. And I'm going to call myself the Pacers front office. All right, cool. Awesome. I'm glad we we could get that done. Should we talk about your official most improved player of the year? Yeah, we should. We should. Um, I, I want to start off by saying that I don't regret this pick at all. No, um, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad pick. Was it a little bit of a homer pick? Absolutely. 
there is no way I would have picked him if he didn't go to Indiana University. But he still killed it this year. OG Ananubi um, on what has been a bit of an abysmal season for the Toronto Raptors. Um, but amidst that, OG improved to 16 points per game, two assists, one and a half steals, four and a half boards, shooting 40% from three, and an effective field goal percentage of 58%. Those are things that I take, Noah. That's pretty good. It's a, it's a good improvement. Is it enough to actually win most improved? No. No. And, you know, in my heart of hearts, I knew. I mean, to win most improved, you, you really got to make a huge jump. And this is a jump for sure. And we knew that his role in the offense was going to increase. And we've seen that. He's getting more shots. But at no point did I ever think he was going to be a 20-point-per-game guy. And I think... If he really wanted to win this award, he would have had to jump in rebounds or assists, and there wasn't much evidence of that. Yeah, it's come. Hochi's a really interesting player. He's so good defensively, and, you know, he's gotten better every year. Uh, I think his ceiling's pretty high. I think he, I think eventually he could be, like, a premier 3 and D, wanted by, like, every team in the league, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so now I forgot to mention that. He is a phenomenal defender. Yeah, and he's young. He's very young. Played uh, two seasons for Tom Crean, and now he's balling out up in the uh, the great old north. In the six. In the six. Already know him. A statistical improvement that does gain you the most improved player award Um is is one that is not only encompassed in your stats, but in bringing a garbage franchise with a garbage history uh, back into what some might refer to as relevancy. If you would, you would you agree with that statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. I mean, the guy's been balling out. He's the best player on a team that many thought wasn't going to win more than 30 games. And uh, they are, at this point, set up to host a home playoff game. That's can't believe impressive. I can't believe that sentence is true. It is ridiculous. That's insane. It is the Knicks are ridiculous. The Knicks are a feel-good story this year. Um, in the past, Colin, I haven't really liked most Knicks teams. Um, I think they come off kind of arrogant because, you know, like, they were the Knicks. And then they sucked really bad. No, we but played this, in the garden. This is a likable team. We had Carmelo um, Anthony eight years ago. I like we Julius Randle as the best player. Round. I like Julius Randle as the best player. I like that Tom Thibodeau is their coach. And Randle, Randle really went from, like, a good, not great player to, like, potential MVP candidate. Not, like, not even kidding. Uh, Whoa. This, this Whoa. season, he put he up 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, on 46-42-80 shooting splits, attempting 5.43s a game, Con. Last season, he shot 29% from three, and he increased that all the way to 42 on more attempts. That's, that's fucking insane. Like, what There's a guy. No way to put it. That is just impressive. And uh, hats off, because clearly he's worked his ass off at it. Because you're right, his... 
His best season from three was two years ago, and he shot 34% on two and a half attempts a day, a game. That's crazy. And now he's putting up 40. And he's played almost every single game for them, too. It's it's not as though he's been missing games. Yeah, so he's top five in the league. In, size. He's top five in the league in minutes played still. Like, he put in the He's actually leading season. the league in minutes played. Wow. Per game. He's been playing about 37 and a half minutes per game, which is very typical of a Tom Thibodeau team. <laughs> uh, extremely typical. So, who knows? You know, maybe maybe this was really it for Julius Randle, and Tom Thibodeau is about to just run this fella straight through the ground, <laughs> and uh, he can join his place in uh, Derrick Rose's shoes. And then we go, Rose oh, yeah, this is why too. Tom Thibodeau has got fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember clowning that higher at the beginning of the season. Not clowning it necessarily, but I just remember my buddy like telling me, he's like, oh, I guess who the Knicks head, head coach is. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, it's somebody you know. And I was like, well, I think it's a good hire. And he goes, honestly, I'm not sure. And he said Thibodeau. And I was like, ah, like that kind of sucks for them. Like I didn't think that he was going to be able to do anything. And God damn it, he did. He really did. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's probably going to just – rip Randall's knees right out from underneath yeah. him. Everyone him loves here. Thibodeau as their coach until it doesn't work. They start losing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he plays guys just so much. And, you know, Randall at 26 obviously can handle it. Um, and he doesn't play the same type of way that Derrick Rose did um, to the point where you're just naturally more injury-prone from how you're built to how you play. Um, Randall definitely plays a little bit lower to the ground, uh, which is considered safer. And he's thick. Yeah, he's, he's a thick boy. He, uh, he's got some meat on him, that is for certain. All right, should we? what should we hit next? All right, let's, let's do Coach of the Year, because this is actually, this is probably the least definable award right now. Yeah. Um, let's just go over. Um, we said it could be Rick Carlisle, and we noted <laughs> that the Mavs would have to have a top four seed. Honestly, not, not a bad pick. Yeah, for, for that yeah, condition, not a bad pick. The Mavs just yeah. we were we were high on the Mavs, and they disappointed us. Yeah, I just I I think we probably overvalued their role players. Um, yeah. They they just they need more pieces. You you can't expect Tim Hardaway to be carrying like your third load. That's just too much for Tim. You know, Steve Kerr, uh, kind of a bonery pick by us, honestly. <laughs> but I see why we did it. You know, yeah. The guy that we both picked, Noah, my favorite player of all time, Steve Nash. Again, see why we did it. Um, <laughs> Probably Steve was hurt by the Harden trade. Yeah. But, you know, I think that I, there's a chance. He's probably, like, an outside, like, plus 1,000 right now. But, like, maybe like there is a chance that I think Steve Nash could, in some semblance, win this award. Oh, my and, God. Uh, this next you know what? name. I'm going to let you read this next name. Oh. <laughs> I um I actually actually misspelled on this one, Colin. I some for some reason oh, put did. Nate Bjorkren. I actually meant to put oh, Nate McMillan, uh, coach <laughs> oh. of the Atlanta Hawks, 
who led them from a 14 okay. to 20 record to the fifth seed in the East. That's who I actually meant. Sorry. Oh, that's you actually meant to type. Mm, interesting. So you wouldn't think that Nate Bjorkren, bringer of all hell and chaos to Zion Indiana Pacers, is uh, a coach of the year candidate? No, you know, I was pretty bullish on the hire right from the start. Um, you know, T.J. Warren and him had play, had both worked together on the Phoenix Suns, and T.J. Warren wasn't really a fan of him back then. So, you know, I kind of figured why would he be a fan of him now. So, yeah, I was never a big fan T.J. of the hire. I didn't think he was going to be uh, all that. So you're bearish on them. Bullish means good. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, you got my animals mixed yeah, up. Yeah, this guy's never studied stonks before. You know, <laughs> throw them to the wolves. Goddamn moron. And then we did say Monty Williams, that's who a... is uh, you know making a case. You know. Yeah. When um, I was um, when I was deciding con who I wanted to pick for this award um. In my head, I really had it between three guys, and it was Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, and Tom Thibodeau. And I thought Quinn Snyder was the leader for this award, Con, uh, because as we've known, the, the Jazz. Jazz have had an awesome season this year. Um, it felt like they were the talk of the town for like uh, two, three weeks there. And then you look at the standings now, Con, and Phoenix is tied for the first seed with Utah. And yeah. I think that's why I have to give it to Monty Williams if I had a vote, because we kind of knew the we knew the Jazz were good. We knew they were a potential top four mm-hmm. seed in the West, but the Suns went from being out of the playoffs to tied for the first seed in the East. And yes, that is partly due to Chris Paul, but I also think it's uh, you got to give some props to Monty Williams and how he's developed some of these Suns players over the last years year or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Absolutely, and I will correct you. The Jazz actually do have sole ownership of the Washington Conference right now by only a game. Um, but yes, the Suns by no means were expected to finish with the second best record in the NBA. That um, going from a team that didn't make the playoffs to doing that is quite impressive. And no, it cannot just be entirely on the shoulders of Chris Paul. There needs to be a coach to facilitate that transition, and facilitate he did. Who would uh, who would your pick be, Colin, if you had a vote? Um, you, honestly, we already kind of made the case for Thibodeau. Uh, you know, yeah, I was gonna say I would actually I would probably throw it at Thibodeau just because the I think that he probably had more to do with the Knicks' success comparatively. Than Monty Williams to the Suns, if you feel me. You could make that argument. Um, you know, I think it's probably more impressive to bring the Knicks to where they are than to bring Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, McCall Bridges to where they are. Not that not that it's not an impressive feat by you know I'm not discounting Monty Williams at all, but. For Tibbs to do what he did with what many thought to be a broken roster is quite impressive. Yeah. Shout out Thibodeau. I'd vote Monty Williams. Shout out Thibodeau. I hope Monty Williams wins. It's totally fair. I think I think it's it's close and I think that either gentleman is quite deserving. And Quinn Snyder. You could throw a vote at Quinn Snyder too. I would have no problems with that. 
good coaches. Uh, I I like that um, Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams are actually because you know we talked about in our season preview how coach of the award, coach of the year award cons mm-hmm. didn't really ever go to the best coach. It kind of just went to no. the coach that won the most games, and at least this year it seems like two of the coaches are pretty deserving of it because they made actual improvements. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty. Uh, let's get to sixth man of the year. Um, this is arguably... Um, well, we actually... This is the only award that we know that we got right so far at the beginning of the year. Or at least wrote this guy's name down. <laughs> yeah, sure. we uh, we definitely didn't pick him. I'll tell you that one. I like your pick for this category. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I I talked myself into this one, and I thought it. I really thought I was onto something. I did. I did. Go ahead. You Go know ahead. Tell him who it was. And sue me. So we wrote down a couple names for who could be sixth man of the year. Um, one name we talked about was Montrezl Harrell, which I think a lot of you can agree with. It makes a lot of sense. You know, he'd already won the award. We've seen guys win it back-to-back. He was going to help LeBron and AD. The only issue is he actually started to end up uh, starting games because those two were out. And so it is tough to win sixth man of the year when, you know, half the time you're not even a sixth man. <laughs> oh, I actually lied. He, he did come off the bench this whole time, which boggles my mind. He actually... Montrezl Harrell got worse this year, so yeah, smaller role. That's, yeah, that doesn't. Does it feel like he was misused by the Lakers this year? It just kind of felt like he doesn't really know what his identity is, you know. Because I thought him and Dennis Schroeder would be a pick and roll menace, like that would be the Lakers bench scoring production. But that just really hasn't been the case. I think he'll show better in the playoffs, honestly, when rotations decrease. Or shrink down. Yeah, fair enough. It just throws me a little bit that his minutes actually dipped four minutes a game this year. He went from playing 28 last year to 23 and a half this year. Yeah. Uh, that just, uh, especially knowing that LeBron and AD were missing so much time, that that seems questionable to me. Yeah, I think you want a guy like Montrezl Harrell on your team come playoff time, which is, I think, how the Lakers saw this signing. Alright, I mean, fair enough. He also can't really play five. He can't really play with AD, because AD wants to play the four. And Montrezl Harrell's a little too small to play the five. Okay, well, AD was out for like three months here, so... It uh, feels like Harrell uh, had some Marcus time Saul. to shine. Alright, Colin, I want, like you, I want you to read off old. who you picked for this Alright, fine. I, you know what, I picked Goran Dragic. And let me explain. I thought that knowing he was going to... Thinking that I knew he was going to take a bench roll, I thought that the Heat might uh, roll in for another phenomenal season and that Dragic would come off the bench, put up about 18 points, shoot the ball really well, play a little bit of defense, get some steals, and the Heat would finish top four, and they'd be like, Mr. Goran Dragic, uh, here you go, sixth man of the year. 
Um, but that didn't happen. That is not exactly what ended up happening. Uh, the Heat have turned out to actually not be all that great this year. But people forget, you know, they were a fifth seed last year and made it all the way. So maybe they just don't like playing well during the regular season. Did you ever consider that? Hey, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'll read you Dragic's stat line. Um, He did end up coming off the bench. I was right there. And he put up 13 points per game, three and a half boards, four and a half assists, effective field goal percentage of 50%. Honestly, that's not that bad of a take. You know, the... I mm, I stand by that. I doubled down. I stand by that. Ooh, that oh, he's doubling take. down. I doubled down on that one. Obviously, he doesn't deserve it, but that was a decent take. I I'm okay with that. I like that. I like that pick. I like that you even doubled down on it, dude. You're a man of your word. I uh, like that. Yeah. You know, I look at it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, you know, my guy Kong. I picked. Uh, I can't believe I picked this guy at the beginning of the season, and somehow now he's on my team, and that was Mr. Karis LeVert. Uh, I thought he was going to absolutely dominate in Brooklyn off the bench, and uh, you can't really win six man of the year when you start when you don't play half the season, and then you're starting on your new team immediately. Yeah, the logic there made a lot of sense, and then uh, pretty quickly. They just, uh, they said no on the Karis Levert eligibility for six men. So, we'll never know if that was a decent take or not. I'm just going to go on the, the safe side and assume that it was a pretty stupid take, actually. Yeah. Um, getting along to our winner, Colin. Uh, this is pretty much Jordan Clarkson's award. Oh, you also shouted out, you said Shake Milton was a dark horse candidate, Colin. I, I liked that, too. He, he kind of was. I mean, yeah. Like, Jordan Clarkson ran away with this, but Shake Milton definitely had himself a nice year. Coming with the spicy takes on the sixth man of the year. I like that. I like that. I like that I said that, too. That makes me that makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. You know, which is always my goal. Not to know what I'm talking about, but just to sound like it. Hey, that's my life approach. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, but Jordan Clarkson just dominated this award. I mean, I feel like a month in, we were like, hmm, <laughs> this just looks like Jordan Clarkson's year for six men. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he basically, he's he plays starting minutes, as most six men of the year do, but uh, Clarkson has come in hot. He's playing about 26 minutes a game, averaging 17 and a half. Absolutely killing it from the field. Um, shooting an effective field goal percentage of 52%. Shooting 91 from the line. Pulling down four boards, two and a half assists. And, uh, you know, most importantly, he's playing on the best team in the NBA. Shout out Jordan Clarkson. Uh, what? I hope six man's more competitive next year. Yeah, I do too. I do too. That'd be, that'd be cool. Should we move into a uh, defensive player of the year? 
We should. We should. It's a pretty shallow category. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm actually interested in uh, hearing who you actually think deserves this award because um you and Icon, we're pretty much between Giannis or Anthony Davis with who would win this award. And Giannis is top five in the voting, but he's never really had a footing to win this award this year, it's felt like. And Anthony Davis just got hurt. So it's really between Rudy Gobert or Ben Simmons, Con. And I want to hear what side you're on, honestly. Because I think it could go yeah, either it's, way. It's been a very interesting debate. And other than Coach of the Year, it's probably the most contested award. I will say that I threw Bam as a dark horse in on that one. And that 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 was a good take. That was a good take. Bam is probably going to finish top five in uh, defensive player voting. So I'll pat myself on the back on that one. I... I think it's tough because Ben Simmons generally, while he can guard one through five, which is incredibly impressive, is generally found to be a perimeter defender. And perimeter defenders, I think, are seen less and accumulate less of the defensive statistics. Uh, which is difficult because there's not many defensive statistics. Uh, we pretty much have two. We have steals and we have blocks. And blocks are a little bit easier to come by, especially if you are a seven foot two man with a wingspan that stands seven foot six. Um, and well, I'm not discounting what Rudy Gobert does because it's quite impressive, and he is the anchor to the Utah Jazz defense. Um, I think that Ben Simmons is hurt purely by who he guards and the lack of highlight reels that he generates from that position. Um, I truly think that Simmons is the better overall defender, um, but I think that Gobert is going to win this award. In, I'm I'm kind of in the same case, Con. I think Gobert's going to win the award, but it's really it's two different cases. Uh, Rudy Gobert clearly has a statistical case. Uh, the Jazz are the third best defense in the league. He's averaging a career high two point eight blocks. Um, the Jazz's defensive rating with him on the court is one hundred one point four, and without him, it's one hundred and eleven point five. Uh, so Rudy has a statistical case, but I think it's harder to quantify what Ben Simmons does uh, defensively yeah. via his numbers. And Ben Simmons is the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Um, that's easy. I think he has been for at least like two seasons now. He can truly guard anyone from any team. And his defensive impact is felt um, on the court. And I like, like, if I was building a team around Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, purely defensively, I think I would pick Ben Simmons because I'm a bigger fan of him than Rudy Gobert as a player. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people would make the argument that your defense starts with your anchor, and you can't really get a better anchor than Rudy Gobert. Um, I'm not mad that Rudy Gobert is going to win, probably, but... I, I hope they get rid of the big man stigma that deep defensive player of the year has to go to like a power forward or center. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, I want to echo that same idea that Rudy Gobert absolutely deserves a Defensive Player of the Year award. It's just that I think that Ben Simmons makes a little bit more sense in my mind. And, you know, the other thing that Ben Simmons is a little bit hurt by is the fact that he's got Joel Embiid, who's also a defensive monster. You know? it's So, you know, if we're looking at on-offs, Ben Simmons is definitely not going to have as high of a partial impact because he has another top 10 defender on the court with him that is that defensive, you know, rim-protecting anchor. Yeah. Um, we're blessed with some pretty good defensive players, honestly. Mazel tov. Alrighty, Noah. Um, last but not least, we have one of the spicier awards. It's It's always a fun one and we came in with some pretty darn hot takes um people that like hot takes are going to be fans of these picks we'll start let's start with uh reading our lists you know um we said lamello ball could be rookie of the year uh that was not a tough take to have and it's looking like it could very well become true. No, we said that James Wiseman could be the rookie of the year. That Ooh. one Ooh. has not panned out all that well. And you actually had the <laughs> gumption enough to say that you specifically thought he was going to win it. Noah, walk me through that. Uh, I thought he was going to have a really good time playing on the Warriors. I thought him playing around the talent that he was would play into his favor for this Rookie of the Year race, but I didn't take into account that he really had only... He's so young. Like, he's literally playing NBA games, and he only had played, like, four games in college or six games. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really take that into account. So he had a pretty rocky rookie year, but... I think he's still going to turn out to be pretty good for the Warriors. Like, clearly they should have just taken LaMelo Ball, but you can't go back in time and fix that. So they're stuck with James Wiseman. I think he'll still be a good pick for them. And Clay Thompson, his rookie year for the Warriors, Colin, he only averaged like 12 points and two rebounds. So they know how to develop yeah. guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at his stats, and they're not bum stats by any means. He put up 11.5 points, six boards, uh, you know, honestly, the police I'm most disappointed in is blocks. He only averaged point nine blocks. I mean, that that is where I thought he was going to come and make his impact was on the defensive end. I thought he was going to be able to lock down that paint and roll from there, you know. But uh, that has not seemed to exactly be the case. Um, he's got to work on his timing, how to use the length that he possesses, maybe get a little meat on his bones so he can... Uh, get down and body some of the bigger boys, but Wiseman absolutely has the potential. Should we talk about um, who you picked real quick? We should talk about who I picked. Um, I kind of get screwed because my guy didn't play all that much, but I back it up. I picked Killian Hayes. I was enthralled with his highlight tape. I still think that Killian Hayes could be an absolute phenom in the NBA. Uh, he's only played 21 games so far this year. In those games, he's put up six points, five assists, two and a half boards, 1.2 steals. 
uh, not good shooting numbers, but we knew that coming in. We knew that he had to work on his shot. We knew that he was a playmaker at heart, and at 19 years old, uh, it looks like he does have the form to develop one of the prettiest and the nastiest step-back threes in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I think Killian's still going to be a fantastic player. Uh, Assisting is his best skill set, and he's really uh, learned that over the course of this season, so it gives him room to work on improving his other spots, and I -hmm. love Killian. Killian is so fun to watch. He's a beast, dude. And then obviously we had to put Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards still could win this award. I think it's really a toss-up between Lamelo and Ant. Uh, yeah, who would your pick be? Missing all that time. Mm, Lamelo. Yeah, um, I'd pick Lamelo too. Uh, I think fi- he's going to play around fifty games this season, Colin, and I think that's enough. And while Anthony Edwards may have better numbers, we. You, I just got to see with my eyes like how LaMelo Ball impacts the game um, just out on the court, and he affects winning, Con, and you can't really say the same for yes. Anthony Edwards at this point, and I think that's no. the argument for LaMelo the most. Yeah, no, the Hornets definitely were not supposed to be a playoff team, and they definitely weren't supposed to be a top-five team in the East, but they are, and they struggled without him, and I think that in and of itself is Rookie of the Year material. Also, shout out to us because we did write Halliburton as a dark horse. Hey, if Halliburton didn't get injured, go. he very easily could have won this award as well. Yeah. All righty. I think that does it for us this week, Colin. Bada-bing, bada-boom. We'll see you guys on go Sunday us. for our last fantasy basketball analysis episode. And thank you guys wow. for listening to Bench Chatter the common man's nba podcast peace, peace.